A lot of people believe they live on a blue marble. And a lot of people think that we landed on the moon. But not a lot of people have seen the video with one of the top scientists prior to the advent of NASA talk about the moon as a luminous, self-illuminating ball in the sky. And as soon as Admiral Richard Byrd came back from, from the Antarctica trip and also flying over the Arctic Circle, and he said that he discovered a landmass bigger than North America, NASA was created in 1958, and everybody started looking to the sky. And then they put together a really looking at it now with the technology that we have, able to see the fuckery that went on with, with a lot of the images related to the moon landing. It's very, very bad production. And Stanley Kubrick tried to tell you in The Shining, Apollo 11, the sweater, all the other symbolism, you know, it's like they have to tell their story. They can't, they can't just take it to the grave. They have to tell you. They have to leave it in the movies and the music. And you can think that you live on that blue marble, doing a corkscrew through the galaxy, chasing a ball of fire, and never really questioning theoretical astrophysics or theoretical physics. That's just a really fancy way to say imagination and when you have a college degree and maybe multiple mortgages maybe you are financially successful and you have a wife and children and three dogs and vehicles and responsibilities and a business to run and you like to think that you're fairly knowledgeable you have an above average iq you did well on the sats you went to college you got a degree you played by the rules of the system. When someone tells you that they think the world is flat, all of the red flags go up and you immediately look at them like an absolute idiot. And I didn't even wanna go down that road at first because I thought it was an insult to my intelligence. But then someone said, how does the vacuum of space meet the non-vacuum of Earth? And I thought about it, and I remembered being in a science class in high school, and vacuum was created with a dense glass bowl turned upside down on a table. It created a vacuum. And you can't have a vacuum unless you have a solid object separating one environment or one atmosphere from another. So the idea that the atmosphere is just vapor is outrageous. And that's where, that's where the huge ball of, of yarn becomes to be unraveled. That's where that's the starting point. And when you grab that little piece of yarn and you pull, a lot of yarn comes out and then it starts rolling down this mountain of lies and deceit and then you almost feel like a child because you realize that everything you've learned from the time you were five is an, is an intricate, intentional, well-crafted lie that is so monolithic and so far-reaching and so hard to process and to believe. 
But it doesn't matter what you think you live on, because if, if you if you believe the official NASA photos of Earth, we live on a perfect blue marble. It's absolutely perfect. But if you believe the NASA actor Neil Tyson, he's on record multiple times saying in conferences, in conferences like well-respected conferences stating that we live on an oblate pear-shaped spheroid. So if you're not familiar with geometry and shapes, look up oblate spheroid. It looks like a basketball that is 60% inflated and someone is pressing down on it to make it look more like a disc. But then Neil Tyson goes on to say that we live, it's pear-shaped. We live on a pear-shaped oblate spheroid. So make sense of that one. Make sense of that one. And then we'll talk about why in school we never learned about spherical trigonometry. The reason why when we were in school, the history that we were taught was a lie and we were filling our brains with useless things that we were never going to use in life like, like algebra, trigonometry, calculus, all of this shit that was just ridiculously impossible that has no practical application in most aspects of people's daily lives took up so much space in the brain that there was not a whole lot of room for critical thinking or doing anything else. And the reason why they don't teach you spherical trigonometry is because when you learn that the curvature of the earth is supposedly eight inches per mile squared, and then you look out on a flat horizon and someone tells you it's because of atmospheric refraction, or you see a large ship in the distance disappear below the horizon and someone says once again that it's because of curvature, but then you get a Nikon P900 or some binoculars or a telescope and you zoom in and you still see the ship. That's where you start to have problems with the general narrative. Now, it doesn't matter what you think you live on. Some people think they live on a hollow earth. Some people think it's flat. Some people think that it's NASA's blue marble. And if you question NASA, you're out of your mind. But there are some irrefutable properties of water that you just can't get around. For example, that it always finds its level. It always finds its level. And when you look at the reflection of sunlight on water, it appears to be a local light source and would have the same effect as shining a light bulb into a bowl of water or a pool of water. And if you create some smoke or some mist and you see the angle of the rays of light, you can determine the distance that the light source is from the water. And if something was 93 million miles away and was as big as they said it was, it would be a gigantic spotlight on Earth and you would not have that same solar effect with the rays of light appearing almost to go through clouds. And then you can also see plenty of pictures of the sun where it looks like it's nestled in the middle of a, of a 
cloud pocket with with very detailed and full clouds behind it and then this these rays of light emanating from this pocket of clouds and creating an angle on the water now i'm not saying what i think we live on because there's a lot of things that don't make sense you look at core theory and we all know that there there's got to be some lava down there somewhere right because of volcanoes that's pretty obvious but core theory talks about miles and miles down, 20, 30, 40, 50, hundreds of miles down, right? But the deepest hole that has ever been drilled was by Exxon, and it was 7.3 miles and change. And when they got down that low and the first drill bit broke, they tried again. The next drill bit broke. They tried again and again. There is an impenetrable barrier 7.3, 7.4 miles down. We can't get through it. We don't know what's past it. And core theory is called theory for a reason. Nobody knows what's down there. Nobody knows what's down there. And there's a lot of stuff down there that we don't understand. There's a lot of talk about primary water, that water and oil are both self-generating, and that primary water exists 800 feet down and that, for example, in Central California, if we were to drill a primary deep well, primary water well, that was eight or 900 feet deep, however deep you have to be to access these ancient aquifers, and you created a solar field to pump the water up to irrigate the crops, you have enough land in the middle of California and enough of an infinite water supply 800 feet down to where you could literally feed the entire world. Imagine just rolling fields of hemp, like hundreds of thousands or millions of acres of hemp and a bunch of cows just wandering through the hemp fields, eating to their heart's content as much hemp as they wanted. And then when they would become food, because they lived a healthy life, their meat and, and fat would probably be full of CBD. So maybe that's next level hemp-fed, hemp-finished cows full of CBD. You look at the ancient trees, you look at things like Devil's Postpile and the hexagonal petrified remains of these quote-unquote mountains look significantly more like giant tree stumps. The giant story doesn't make any sense at all. There's legends of giants, right? Now, what about the dinosaurs? What about dinosaurs? There's proof that these big bones have been discovered. But do your research and dig in. Actual, real dinosaurs recovered the dinosaurs that you see at the Smithsonian and all these other museums are fabrications. They are fabrications. They are based on what the scientists got together and, and worked with artists to create a theory of what these things look like. And we have been taught to take it as irrefutable fact. A lot doesn't make sense. You know, maybe it is a simulation. 
Maybe it is a simulation and they keep everybody under the spell. We've talked about the things that they add to the food and the water. And we're in the middle of this endocrine crisis where I've got a few followers on TikTok. You can you can find us at unchained.brain, unchained.brain. I get messages from guys in their late teens, early 20s, early 30s with two and 300 count total testosterone. And they, they feel like they're old men. So generationally, societally, we're in the middle of a full assault on the masculine, the feminine, and the endocrine systems of both. And when you do your research and you dig deep enough and you find out about the Luciferian or the satanic principles, it's really to create an androgynous society and blend the male and the female together. And you can see, the, you can see these experiments start to happen. And then you start to say, well, why would they spray something like atrazine on produce? Why is atrazine found in 90% of drinking water in America? And you look at the Berkeley atrazine study and the 40 male frogs that were given the EPA allowable amount of atrazine. They all turned gay. And to make matters more weird, five of them reproduced. And every once in a while, it's, it's, it's rare, it's very rare in nature for a frog to be a hermaphrodite. But in this study, in a, in a test group of 40 frogs, they all became gay and five of them reproduced. Japanese scientists have also turned male catfish into female with some sort of isolated component of soy. They have extracted something from soybeans that is so estrogenic and, and so powerful to shift the endocrine system that it is turned male catfish into females. And this stuff is in our food and it's in our water. So it's easy to go down a dark road with this stuff, but you have to insulate yourself and your family from all of this. So if you're shopping at Winco and eating GMO food sprayed with God knows what, you're going to have a problem in the not too distant future. That's how the system works. They're going to feed you food, food like substance laced with chemicals, and then you're going to get sick and you're going to go to one of their doctors that learned everything that they know about medicine from the pharmaceutical companies. And they're going to try to give you a pill to fix your problem. Instead of looking at the root of the problem, they're going to only deal with your symptom. And they're going to take the allopathic approach, which is to give you chemicals so you remain a customer for life because it's all about profit and it's not about you living healthy and feeling good. It's how the system works. So you can get as upset as you want, but they want you upset and they want you divisive, which is why they've created the left-right paradigm. If anyone thinks that there is a political solution for our current paradigm, for our current frequency of, of consciousness collectively in society, they're going to be in for a rude awakening because it's all by design. 
It's always been like this. And you say, well, how far back does this go? Like, what's really going on here? Well, when you look at the, the World's Fair in, in the late 1800s in Chicago, supposedly in the late 1800s, which were horse and buggy days, they built a 700-acre palatial palace and estate with a 70-foot-tall golden statue in the middle of a man-made lake. And they want you to believe that we just somehow were able to build something like that with the technology that we have at the time. When you look at videos of the, of the World's Fair, they had a moving sidewalk. They had all sorts of, they had a uh, device that you could sit in that would levitate you. They had lights that defy the capability of primitive electricity at that time. It was highly advanced. And you can find these different architectural masterpieces all across the earth, San Francisco, Russia, different parts of Europe, the capital, Chicago. They were all over the place. And when you look at movies, the... the, the the motion picture without sound at the time that the the film at the time and you can see these motion pictures of people in that era they look really out of place they look really out of place there's a magnificent building that it that existed before all these these suspect earthquakes and fires destroyed all of this magnificent architecture almost simultaneously across the country. There was this amazing structure built on this cliff in San Francisco, and it was existing in the late 1800s. And you can see a motion picture of a bunch of people on the beach in, in three-piece suits and dresses and just absolutely the wrong kind of beach attire and they look so out of place you can you can just sense that they don't know what they're doing what they're supposed to be doing why even they're there we for all we know they could be extras in a in a psyop movie but where i'm going with that is we didn't build that stuff so it appears and especially when you look at some of the foundations of these buildings, they're 10 feet deep. And when they've been excavated, it appears that at some point in the not too distant past, there was a mud flood that covered up the foundations of these buildings. And it almost looks too perfect to be true, but it maybe it was intentional because it's like they were anticipating where they... Were they anticipating some kind of flood to wipe out the population at that time? Was there a was there a highly advanced population at that time living on Earth that constructed all of these magnificent cathedrals and buildings? The whole word cathedral stems from the word cathode, which is basically an antenna. And when you look at the when you look at the stained glass windows. They used to be magnetrons. You look at a magnetron, it looks identical 
to the cutout of many of these stained glass windows. So were they repurposed? When you start digging and you go down this rabbit hole and you say, well, you know, Devil's Post Pile might have been a giant tree, a giant silicone tree. And you look at the Book of Enoch and they talk about how big the Titans were. You could say, well, you know, a Titan in the Book of Enoch was 3,000 L's. 3,000 L's is 13,200 feet tall. That's a Titan. 13,200 feet tall. So if you think about you're six foot tall and a tree is about 150 feet, a really big tree like a, like a sequoia or a redwood, let's say is 100 feet, 150 feet or taller. Well, a 13,200 13, foot Titan. Imagine a 13,200 foot Titan, humanoid Titan, standing next to a 60,000 foot tall tree. Makes more sense, right? That's the book of Enoch right there. So then you say, well, maybe there was this magnificent age that's been intentionally concealed from us because they don't want the current test group to know that they are descended from a race that was highly advanced technologically, very intelligent and capable of things that could potentially overthrow the current power system. So that's why the victors rewrite history. So what if there was, and how could there not be? Look at Chichen Itza, look at Machu Picchu, look at Yonaguni, look at the towers of Baalbek with 1500 ton rectangular stone blocks that were moved and we don't have a crane on earth strong enough to move one of those blocks, not even close. There was a highly advanced civilization that was here before us. No one knows how it started and no one knows how long it lasted, but it seems almost painfully obvious to start entertaining the fact that this highly advanced civilization was taken over by some entities that wanted to conceal free energy technology and hide the magic of the past from the current civilization that is under control, still under control of these entities. And they paint the illusion of choice by creating the left and the right. And it's all the same, it's all the same entity. It's all the same agenda. It's all, it all stems from the same source, which is control. Gobernamente, government, gobernamente, to control the mind, to control the mind. And look at etymology, just like B.O.B. says, they want you to work all week. So you get to the weekend where you're weakened, where you are weakened by earning a living and earn is where you put the ashes of the dead. So you take your life force and you, you spend it all week to earn the living. So when you finally get to the end of the week, W E A K or W E E K, 
you get to the weekend where you're weakened and then you wake up the next day and you said good morning and morning is what you do at a funeral instead of saying grand rising which we should be saying grand rising where we rise with the sun as it moves across the horizon and we create and manifest desired outcomes where we become the architect of our life in fourth dimensional consciousness where we become so powerful consciously that our thoughts and words begin to create reality and that's the biggest secret of all and we're glimpsing it we're scratching the surface with quantum physics we're starting to realize that the energy of the observer influences the outcome of the experiment and we are the observer we are the observer so it doesn't matter what you think you live on and if somebody still thinks that they're chasing a ball of fire doing a corkscrew through the galaxy show them a time-lapse video of the night sky in the mountains or the desert where just like journey said the wheel in the sky keeps on turning with absolute perfection it's like a clock moving with absolute perfection. And you say, well, we've been to the moon. We've been to the moon. NASA's on record saying that they intentionally destroyed 13,000 pages of telemetry data that they used to go to the moon. They're on record multiple times saying that we can currently only reach low Earth orbit, which is 250 miles up. And somehow... We're now on Mars, but you can see, even on NASA official videos, if you're quick enough to save them, a fly landing on the Mars rover. It's a $60 million a day CGI magic show, and it's not even that good of CGI. And we could go on and on and on, but I think that the whole flat earth thing in general is designed to be a, yet another psyop and you have to take all of this stuff with a grain of salt you have to take all this stuff with a grain of salt and most people aren't willing to do the research just because of cognitive dissonance but the most important thing whether you think you live on a hollow spaceship floating through the galaxy or you think you live on the blue marble or you think you live on an oblate pear-shaped spheroid or you believe that, and it's kind of hard not to believe in this when you dig in deep enough, but there's this ice wall that keeps all the water in because water always finds its level. And you're not allowed to go anywhere near Antarctica because, and people say, well, yeah, you can go down there. Look at Majestic 12, look at Operation High Jump, look at Starfish Prime, look at Project Bluebeam, look at Operation Paperclip, People don't want to take the time to do the digging. They want you to understand it for them. And we've reached a point in time where trying to force an awakening on anyone is an exercise in futility. And you would be way better off putting that energy into yourself and focusing on your spiritual journey and learning how to harness the power of the mind. Because ultimately, there's no, there's no political solution to this. There's only spiritual solutions. And I've heard Deepak Chopra say that before, and I agree. There's only spiritual solutions. 
And that requires the elevation of individual consciousness so that all of the outcomes in your experience are positive and they're the desired ones because you have leveled up consciously and you believe you deserve whatever that thing is, whatever that opportunity is, whatever that outcome is, you believe you are deserving and worthy and you are visualizing and you are manifesting because it works. No matter how much your ego doesn't want to hear it, the power of conscious auto-suggestion, mantras, visualization, meditation, and prayer are real. So be careful what you focus on. Be careful what you think about because you're going to get it. And don't be afraid to stand against the grain. Don't be afraid to be the black sheep of your family. Don't be afraid if they, if you can't stand them and they can't stand you and you don't want anything to do with their willful ignorance and you can no longer stomach the atrocious ignorance. Take a step back and do you. I think that's the moral of the story is that elevate your consciousness and don't be afraid of solitude because in solitude is where you find power. So I guess that's going to be it for tonight. I feel like that was quite a bit of rambling, but we'll see what happens with the podcast. Catch you guys soon.